What's up podcast? Welcome to another episode of the Content Cafe, show where we talk about the different ways that we navigate our mental health in the world of content creation. Today we're going to be talking about social media and FOMO or fear of missing out specifically as it plays a large part in both of our professional and personal lives. So let's talk about it. First thing that I think we should kick it off with is you need to tell me your favorite social media platform and why. Oh no. Actually, no, that's not too hard for me. Oh, but is it? As a creator or as a uh, a consumer? <laughs> both. Let's let's talk about it. let me put my feet up. Let's talk about both. All right. I am a Twitter gremlin. <laughs> and we all know it. Yep. Uh, I love to chat absolute shit on Twitter far too much i just i don't know what it is i didn't used to like twitter wasn't really into it and then i think the video games world has sucked me back in because there's always so much that i want to engage with all of the time do you know i think people's like people's like anxiety is with a lot of this stuff is when it comes to like a new social media or something that they're maybe not um they're not super active on is they're like i don't get twitter don't understand Twitter. Like I was like that with TikTok for a while, right? Yeah, same. And, then, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I just don't understand it." And then eventually, like you find your people, right? You find like your niche or your your circle or whatever, and then suddenly the social media makes sense and you love it. Yeah, it's like when I found out mental health TikTok existed, it was the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> A glorious place it is oh my god and it's so much bigger than you think it is it's it's crazy um but yeah and then i would say tiktok is probably my favorite not not even to create but just to spend far too long sinking hours into watching people do the dumbest shit and i love it <laughs> doom scroll i don't even like the phrase doom scroll because i love doing it it's a fun scroll it's a fun scroll <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. Official petition for us to rename it to fun scrolling. Yeah, I have a blast. Why would I call it a doom scroll? I'm having fun. Spent three and a half hours last night in bed. uh, No, unscrolling on TikTok. Serotonin scroll. (laughs) Oh, serotonin. I've never heard of her. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she's she's been missing for a while. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't go here. Um, The. I, they're two solid platforms they're probably my two favorite as well not to be like a, oh my god yeah those are my favorite too but like i hard agree i think i like them both from both perspectives i like creating on both but like maybe it's because it doesn't feel like a chore on either yeah it's fun it's so they, they, they both fill that gap for me where like on twitter i feel like i can just be like fun scrolling and just uh just be picking picking up <laughs> nice. on like friends or brands or whatever and just be like replying and making just absolute nonsense memes out of stuff but then at the same time be like firing up like hashtag ad content or like whatever from like a business pov that i need to do at the same time whilst like just sharing memes about mental health it's a blessing oh, totally like I I sometimes forget that a lot of professional people follow me on Twitter and I'm so sorry (laughs) if you do, because I do go from like something really serious and something I'm super passionate about to then like, haha, look at this cat. (laughs) Isn't this funny? (laughs) But it's like, if you don't appreciate that, 
I don't think we're going to be friends. <laughs> I just don't oh, think we'll I'm, get on, you know? I put, like, I put a thing up on it. I put a TikTok up today where, like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's this sort of just, like, this meme trend format just now where it's, like, um, people are, like, oh, man, I wish people would stop wishing for, and then they, like, talk about a bunch of stuff, like, wish they'd stop wishing for, like, a, you know, six-foot golden retriever boyfriend that, you know, <laughs> fucking massages fear. I don't know, whatever the, whatever, the, whatever the thing is, right? And then they're like, oh yeah, because Santa's tried to kidnap me 72 times in the last week, or whatever it is, right? And, it's, and I've seen so many of them, right? And I was like, man, do you know what? I'm going to make one of these. I'm going to make it funny and be like, like, it was, I can't even remember the exact word then, but it was something along the lines of like, people need to stop wishing for like a, like a mentally ill gamer boy that's like got back problems and like stomach issues and like all this, like, just all this stuff that was like really like, really horrible to me but like i found it absolutely hilarious because it was the only way that i felt like i could convey it and i'm just like man if people see this they're going to be like you shouldn't talk that way about yourself and i'm like well i know but it gets me through my day like it's just <laughs> it's just i appreciate your concern i'm doing okay i promise but like yeah. self-deprecation can be really funny sometimes but people just need to know that it's a joke yeah sort totally of. it is it is it's like you can you can appreciate when people don't get it and people are just like oh that was a little bit uh more yeah more they message you like oh my god i saw your tiktok are you okay i'm like oh <laughs> come on <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just being sad for the algorithm it's okay thank you <laughs> yeah i found my audience like christ <laughs> let me have it yeah, exactly who'd have thought people like seeing me cry um <laughs> it's, got, it's got its place it's got its place i think those two are like really good for like discovering people who are like within your circle but you just haven't like met them yet Oh, absolutely. Like I've been to to work events before where people are like, oh, I know you from Twitter. And first of all, terrifying, because I don't know what what sort of Twitter that they see on. I'm like, so sorry to hear that. Yeah, what, <laughs> which tweets are you referring to exactly? But, uh, but then I'm also like, oh my God, this is really cool because we've interacted over Twitter before. So I know who you are. I just didn't know, you know, I forget that people have a face and like they're a, they're a person <laughs> behind yeah, that totally. avatar, you know? Just a bunch of ones and zeros with a voice attached to it. <laughs> yeah, they're all Craigs. <laughs> love you, Craig. Shout out. Shout out our <laughs> Big love to Craig, our recording guy. That's our, yeah, he puts in the errors. He does, he yeah. does some stellar work. If you're listening <laughs> to this back, man, we appreciate you. Um, I can't wait for everyone to be like on social media, giving like full support for Craig. Like, who's Craig? Oh, I know. We still need to find out if he's got an account to like tag and give some credit to you know that's really do if anyone's listening if anyone knows if the craig bot in, in discord <laughs> has some social media accounts like hit us up because we need to we need to make some memes and tell them how much we love them yeah shockingly typing craig into twitter doesn't do much for me <laughs> so, <laughs> i don't yeah, know why loads, i thought that loads, would work loads of responses like it's so, it's so oh. weird. <laughs> weirdly though i put in craig bot and it came up with james bond oh I oh mean, my god maybe that's him oh the next um the next James Bond, I could be it. We knew it. Oh. No, Craigbot doesn't exist, so maybe we should make him a profile. Oh, maybe we could actually, and then there'd be other people in our position who are like, want to then we can just slyly tweet about the content cafe every now and then. Totally. Maybe the, oh, this is a good marketing technique, you know? Nailed it. We nailed it. We'll, we'll, if, if you're listening <laughs> to this, we decided not to cut it, but we should cut this so that no one steals our idea and then uh, yeah. <clears throat> send it. Oh my God, you should work for social media stuff. <laughs> <laughs> think I'd be, think I'd be good at it. <laughs> um, I think. Well, I think the the connection between those two, at least for us, is the fact that they've 
they're both very much humor based rather than like, oh, I took a really nice photo or <laughs> I've got like an important announcement, which is more like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Like these are just, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> this is funny. Well, that's, very you know? that's very true. Like I feel way more pressure trying to create stuff for Instagram based on what like I think people want to see and what's going to hit the algorithm and like this image that I'm giving off. Whereas like the other two, like I'm just so happy to just meme like, yeah, they're more like throwaway, aren't they? Like it's, it's more like shouting into the void and sometimes people shout back or like, yeah. like, yeah, I saw that. But Instagram is more like, oh, this is permanently going to be on your record. I don't know. There's something more dangerous about posting on Instagram for some for some reason. I feel like I get way more anxiety about posting on Instagram. And I said yes. this in the kind of bonus episode that went out where like, I just like, I worry myself into like a state of just not creating on Instagram and then I post something and like for the first time in a month and it kind of does okay and I'm like oh that's amazing and then I maybe put like a little bit more thought and a little bit more work into something else and then it just kind of flops and I'm like okay yeah I feel like it's harder to find like discoverability is a lot harder on Instagram I think because it's so full of giveaways and stuff at the moment it's I, I really struggle with that and like the bots I know that you've You've been um, a victim of the bots as well. Where every time you post anything, they're like, you should promote it on this random stream. (laughs) It's like, no, I don't want to. I just started having fun with them and like replying back. And I'm just like, if this feeds the algorithm, I don't know if it does, but thank you. Like, this is going to work. Oh, I saw a thing that Instagram had said now that they've like, they've changed up the rules a little bit. Um, Because like hashtag like marketing and like um, strategies were always, you know, sort of like maybe between 5 to 15 like 15 at the top end you get yourself like a couple of like big hashtags that were relevant to your niche or relevant to your like your area of interest i guess and then you would like really knuckle down on like a whole bunch of like niche hashtags for people like whether it was like stuff that gen- like your business generated or there were hashtags that people used to keep up with you or stuff that would be like on like the lower end of the the um the content search results but like so you wouldn't get completely washed out in like a sea of other people creating similar content if people are following those tags but enough to still have like a very large number of people having their eyes on it on a daily basis and then instagram turned around like about a week ago and we're like hey so you really shouldn't use more than like three to five hashtags on your post now and you're like huh that's like that's like <laughs> totally different but it got that's me wondering i yeah, I went on this whole deep dive on it and like started looking up and checking out some like some people, like some social media managers who like create content on YouTube and kind of seeing what their ideas and their vibes with it are. And like my thoughts were because the bot problem is so vast, like are they reducing the amount of like, are they, are they trying to like iron out engagement numbers? Mm, so, that like, would make if, sense, wouldn't it? Because yeah, I reckon like, the bots are all targeting like, all of the hashtags that are super popular so if you put any down they're like yes got you totally whereas if people are like oh i should only choose between three to five because it's going to make my content pop up better then like they're maybe going to be less likely to hit that one tag that pulls in like five bots telling them to dm a page and promote it somewhere else it'll be interesting to see what they do to try and like if, if if have they actually said that they're aware of it at all? Like I'm I'm really bad at keeping up with stuff like this. But no, they they haven't said specifically on the the bot issue, but they have they have mentioned about the um 
about the hashtags, about like the kind of sweet spot on the three to five. But one thing I thought was very interesting is I was watching a video, I forget the gentleman's name, but he was saying as well about how like by putting too many hashtags, you're at the risk of confusing the algorithm, which I thought was very interesting. Because a lot of people will a lot of people will talk about shadow banning. And like um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pronounce it right, but I think it's like Moseri or Moseri or whatever his username is, who's like, you know, chief boy at Instagram, follow him just to kind of keep up to date with stuff because he has been very transparent about how discoverability works on the platform and how like the explore pages is working and how they're pushing reels and all this sort of stuff. And they've been very transparent. So he's he's a very interesting account to follow if people are interested in how the platform is like evolving and what they're paying attention to and whatnot. Um and he said he basically said that shadow banning doesn't exist. And I was like, okay, that's a huge claim to make. Like that's a that's a that's a very big statement. Because some people will experience just like just like no traction on some of their posts and people won't see their stuff and whatnot. But then it got me like thinking about that when this guy was talking about how your hashtags can be confusing the algorithm. Because basically what it's gonna do is like even for people who are not specifically searching those hashtags, it's gonna like it's going to record and like catalog your content based on the stuff that you upload. Yeah. And if you're in a bunch of them, it might not pull you in any specific direction. Exactly. So what, what this guy says is like, if you confuse it and it doesn't think that your hashtags are relevant, it'll actually flag more of your hashtags as not being relevant for your post. So whilst you're not really being shadow banned per se, as everyone perceives it, but your content's actually not going anywhere because it's not cataloged with these yeah, hashtags. They don't know what you're actually trying to put out. Totally. So when people are hashtagging like, you know, small streamer and then like just all these different things, if there's if there's hashtags in there that like contradict one another, or if there's stuff that maybe doesn't make sense to what the actual picture is, um, or the video is, or whatever it is that you're uploading, then the the algorithm may actually have a hard time deciphering what it is and then it might just then not go anywhere which i thought was really interesting which feeds into this thing that they're trying to do with like just making people pick three to five hashtags because then if people are really like really knuckling down on what they tag then they might find that their posts have better results which then is going to make people want to use instagram more again right because their engagement's up interesting very interesting because i think if if they made it more clear to the people who use the platform, then a lot more people would be successful on it. But also, like, I don't know, maybe I should think about it more. But for me, when I'm using Instagram and, and Twitter and stuff like I don't really think about algorithms as much because I just it's it's exhausting to me to have to think, what do I have to create to like pander to a certain audience or to yep. to get strategy to get it up like more like i just don't know i just kind of post whatever i think which is probably why i have such a variety of engagement with different things but i just don't have the energy to think oh am i tweeting at the right time am i tweeting the right words am i it's weird actually to say tweeting because that obviously used to be all about the hashtags until it wasn't (laughs) and now no one uses them (laughs) it's so um it's so weird like you said like for for not really like so so sort of like creating for the audience is such a big thing especially on instagram and i think that's the reason why which in a way is quite ironic because i feel like with what i do on twitter and tiktok i do 
sort of like cater the content that I make for like the audience that I have on both mm-hmm. but like on Instagram for some reason I don't know if I'm just I'm just like I'm in a half with Instagram I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna go do the exact same thing <laughs> you do I'm have a, a tantrum with Instagram like I, once I do, a month I do, I, do, I, do, I do hate Instagram a lot to be fair um but yeah like the the thing with their their algorithm like he, he also not in the same message but he done a previous live video where he literally broke the algorithm down and like so so there's actually and, and some people may know this if they tuned in because it made it went pretty viral because he was basically straight up explaining to people how instagram worked at that point um but there's actually not just one algorithm that will define what it is that you're viewing but actually several different algorithms that are working like in conjunction with one another which i think is very interesting but essentially all that the app is trying to do is to make sure you don't leave so like if you're being presented stuff that you don't want to see so you're not interacting with it you're not spending a lot of time you know with the post on your screen you're maybe not checking comments you're not clicking through to profiles if you're just skipping by a lot of that stuff the algorithm is going to think you don't want to see it or if you're opening the app and you're only consuming a little bit but you're not really engaging with anything and then you leave the app and you go to twitter or you go somewhere else Instagram's like, huh, all that stuff we showed them didn't make them stick around. They didn't do anything with it. They obviously don't want to see it. We're not going to make them unfollow these people, but they don't care about the stuff they're posting. So, like, Instagram's going to be less likely to recommend that stuff for you and show you that stuff if you're not engaging with it. It's the same thing with stories. Like, if you've ever been through and, like, wondered why it's always, like, the same people's stories that you see first, and it's always just because those are the people that that you view the most but then it becomes a slippery slope because if they're the only people that are at the front they're going to be the people that you consume more exactly that's my issue is that a lack of engagement doesn't always mean lack of interest for me i just don't want to engage all the time because it's it's tiring (laughs) um and if i don't have time as well like let's say i'm on the tube or something getting really intermittent signal i'm not going to bother trying to put a comment anywhere because it's just going to go into the ether and i'll never see it again but yeah, it, it, it does get into a slippery slope because then you always have the same people at the top and then you're always like, well, I can only be bothered to like scroll through two minutes worth of, of stories before I get bored. So it's just going to be the first people that show up because I'm not going to be scrolling all the way to the right to see who's there. Because again, that's effort. So it, it does a lot of assumptions that I'm not super keen on. Um, Oh, and the worst thing for me for Instagram, and I guess it's it's probably a lot of social medias, but I notice it more on Instagram, especially if you follow more people, is that sometimes you open it and it's like refreshed while it's been, while you've not been on the app. And then as soon as you open it, it refreshes again. So you see something that you want to interact with. And then suddenly it's like, oh, but we're going to refresh the page without you asking. And then suddenly oh. it's gone forever. And it's the saddest thing because then you can't find it when you're trying to scroll. And Yep. Oh. God, Such a hard that. life, you know. <laughs> it is what what problems to have. But this is an, this is an interesting this is an interesting topic to like really knuckle down on because then when you think about it from the creator's point of view, for that creator who is potentially and unfortunately um, at the bottom or at the end of that recommendation list for people, so when they're posting new stuff, they're posting new stories. Um, it's not going to as many people and I really suffered from I really suffered from like the transition of like hobbies and passions and hustles 
over the years and like where my identity with Instagram lay, which is probably why I have such a like bad taste in my mouth when I think about like creating content there, because I almost feel like it's pointless in a way. Um, I mean, it makes sense though, because for you, you've got three different accounts on there, uh, like oh, or more. I don't know, but like the thing is, you probably. have to. You feel like you have to create an account for each niche that you're interested in, because otherwise, yes. the algorithm will be like, oh. Well, you can't like more than two things. You can't produce more than one style of content. How weird 100%. is that? So it's like, why? That's so daft. Like, obviously, you're going to be interested in more than one thing. Your whole life is not solely revolving around Digimon cards all the time. Well, <laughs> all the time well, being the keywords there. Yeah, like exactly. You're also interested in other stuff. So it's, yeah, I find it strange. And I know a lot of other people that do the same thing where they feel like they have to have their personal account separate from their work account, separate from their a specific hobby account from their mm-hmm. podcast account <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah but most of those make sense but yeah no but it's true though because like <clears throat> i remember when i so so i really i i made that instagram account back in like i don't know we're, pro- we're probably talking close to 10 years ago like at least and like i didn't really get it at first and it was like instagram was kind of like there to like for photographers to show things off and for people to pretend that they were photographers right like that was the thing like instagram filters were like that was like that was the hot shit that was just yeah. like cool. you could put all these filters on it and it was all on your phone and you could pull a photo in and the amount of people myself included that just had grids full of like really grainy deep fried photos because that was just like what you did with instagram filters to make it look fucking arty but in, <laughs> in reality they just they just looked they just looked crispy. They were so bad. Like I'm all here for this deep fried analogy. Like, I was thinking, <laughs> like deep fried memes when they're all crispy. I'm here for it. I love it. So good. It's a good way to describe is, an image. Yeah, this is also what we serve at the cafe. Just deep fried <laughs> shit. Just deep fried shit. We're also a bakery. <laughs> so deep, you are, but we, we do everything here. Bit of everything. <laughs> Very self sufficient cafe. But no, like you're um when when it started off that way, and then. Then I used it for music, but like back then there wasn't really like a community, maybe not a community. There wasn't like an expectation that you would view like music related content on the platform, at least for me and like the circles that I kept in with. Right. So if I was uploading like gig videos or like playthrough videos or behind the scenes videos when we we're in the studio and stuff like kind of no one cared, like, cause it was just like your friends and family that followed you. I didn't really have an audience back then. And it yeah. wasn't really until I started cosplaying that, like, I generated, like, an audience of people who were, like, not friends or family and who were interested, like, in, in me based solely on the content that was produced, which was a very weird thing to, like, experience for the first time. But it was a very cool thing as well. But, like, I don't feel like I had that much of an overspill. But one thing that stopped me creating content was because there was a lot of friends who were not interested in that that i was very concerned about seeing the content because like because it, it was quite like not an embarrassing thing but it was something i felt very like insecure with like sharing with everyone right because especially like 10 years ago like cosplaying is pretty pretty in the mainstream now and then even up to like four or five years ago i feel like it was pretty out there but back in like 2010 when i went to my first convention like i felt very like nervy about yeah. going and like dressing and we only had like had like one costume for like the weekend it was really bad but like it was it was fun but like i definitely felt like i was like always like looking over my shoulder and stuff right and like pure concerned with like what people thought about me and everything so like not to say that doesn't happen now but it's definitely not in the same place that it was so like 
I ended up like removing a lot of people rather than just making a new account. Cause back then I maybe had like 300 followers. I was like, mm-hmm. it's loads. This is great. That is like, loads. <clears throat> well, it is. Yeah, no, you're right. It Imagine is loads. 300 people in a room. That's wild. That's true. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. If I had 300 like average on Twitch, I'd be losing my mind. Like, so you're right. That is a lot of people. You're right. But like when that grew and like, I kind of like started developing like more of an audience and stuff. I was just like, Oh, this is really cool. Like I really enjoy this. Like it's so nice to see all these people here. And then that kind of stuck around and maybe it got to like five, 600, like over, like, I wasn't really like applying any like marketing strategies or anything to it. Right. I was sharing like behind the scenes stuff and like making friends through cosplay. And like, that was really the main thing. So you maybe had like two thirds of your like following were like the scene or the community and other people that you interacted with. And then there was maybe just like other people who were like just a fan of it. They didn't really do anything. And they were just interested in seeing what you were up to and what kind of stuff you were making. And that was kind of like it. But then once I pivoted out of cosplay and I was kind of like, I had a moment where I didn't really have a side hustle. I wasn't really playing in a band. I wasn't doing cosplay anymore. I didn't really know where I was. And like, I maybe had got up to about a thousand followers at that point. Um, and it was very, actually, you know what? I think it might have been higher than that. I think I got to about 1500 and I was getting no interaction on anything. Like I was uploading like <sighs> anything, picture like some new shoes I got day at the beach, pictures of the dogs, selfies. Here's a watch I bought. Do you know what I mean? Just like, like just absolute yeah. lifestyle stuff. And people just like, didn't really care, which is fine. That's cool. But then also like the algorithms playing into that a little bit, right? Cause it's different content than what they're used to seeing from me. Is the algorithm going to suggest it? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then also, I guess you have to consider that they originally followed you because of that specific content. And then yep. I, th- I think that's where I'm trying to find my niche within Twitter is to be- come across more as like, this is me as a person. I'm interested in all these different things. You should stay for me as a person rather than my specific interest in this, <laughs> yep. which is super hard to do because obviously most people, unless they're like actually friends with you or have followed you through a journey of, of some sort, would care about that at all. But I feel like that's the way that Instagram wants you to do it or you stick to one niche and you don't leave it. <laughs> totally. Um, and it's not, that, it's not that personal brands don't do well either because there's a lot of, there's a lot of incredibly large engaging accounts that produce all like I'd like an, an, an array of different content on their feeds that, that does well. But like, it's also just maybe like the pull that they have based on who they are. So like, for example, like I follow like a bunch of people, like, like Tim, the Tatman. I absolutely love Tim, the Tatman. One of the funniest people I think I've ever like had the pleasure of, of watching in my life. Right. And like, he could literally post anything and I would like double tap that shit and be like, my man, could be anything. <laughs> could be a picture of his Jeep, love his Jeep. It could be like a picture of like our video of like him and like someone else like drinking a beer or like he's at a football game or like it's a Twitch clip or it could be anything. And I would be invested because I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Because like I'm interested in seeing what like Tim's up to. Yeah. You're there for the personality rather than just like, oh, this person streams, this person is into this. Like for whatever. sure. Yeah. But just unfortunately those like the people with that sort of draw are way more few and far between than like your everyday people who are making or trying to make engaging content who for some reason maybe don't i don't know if it's like a celebrity status thing i don't know if it's like a a way that people view those 
those personal accounts that make them so engaging. But like, sometimes people really need to niche down on something to be able to provide the same level of interaction for them, which I think is what people struggle with. Because then you're offering something that no one else is, and that's why people will want to stay. Uh, Because I think, especially like content creation now is becoming very oversaturated with people, which is great because there's so many different voices out there and there's so many different ideas flying around and, and different niches being explored. But then obviously that naturally makes it harder to be discovered if you're, if you're trying to make it in, in a, in a topic or a niche that's, that's pretty full. hundred <laughs> percent. I really could not agree more. Like there's definitely like a rise in tides, <clears throat> like analogy in there for, you know, when something becomes more popular, everyone kind of benefits from it a little bit because there's more interest in whether it's a, it's like a platform, like when, like when Twitch got really busy over lockdown, like there was a lot of good things that came out of that. And even just for streaming and content creation in general, there was a lot of really good things that came out of that. But then there was also a lot of negative things that came out from like the, the oversaturation of creators or people on the platform and whatnot. But it's kind of just, it's how, like you know it's a pure adapt or die scenario right you need to try and figure out like where you stand in it what you create what you do or what you potentially don't do and you know you maybe pivot into something else which doesn't always need to be a bad thing but no it's just knowing what you want to get out of it and whether you think it's worth your time and whether you're it's like your investment analogy that you've used previously yeah Yeah, your return on investment return on investment that's it yep um and as long as you're happy with your your progress and and what you're getting out and what you're putting in then go for it like by all means it's nothing stopping you there absolutely it's like it's but it's you know it's it's not it's not without its downsides though especially when like you're maybe trying to do that for like five different platforms because like we spoke about different accounts there and like and and my, my thing was when i like moved into streaming thankfully like a lot of if if we're just talking about instagram specifically i kind of suffered the same thing on twitter but not to the same extent but if we're thinking about just instagram a lot of the people that have came with me on the journey when i pivoted into gaming and like content creation that way there's a lot of crossover from like the cosplay community and i guess some of the people that i was like music friends with because they're also just nerds so that kind of helped but like i ended up removing like maybe about 500 followers off of my list because you know i heard this thing about like instagram pushes your content out to so many people and if they don't interact with it they don't engage with it instagram's less likely to push that out to other people because they don't think it's valuable content so like people were saying if you've got a whole bunch of people that don't care about you anymore they still follow you for whatever reason or you've got a lot of bot accounts that follow you that don't interact with anything then you can be shooting yourself in the foot I don't know how much that holds up today, but like three, four years ago, it made me remove like 500 people from my following list. Oh, yeah, that's so hard though, because that's just one more thing you have to think about. Like not only who you're following, but who's following you and whether or not they're legitimate. And like, I don't think that should be on the creator to have to deal with at all. I think Instagram cool. should do a better a better method of of getting rid of bots and people who only interact in a certain way like commenting promote this on whatever streamers.com or something like um but that's just my opinion i don't know i don't think you should have to to constantly cull your following list especially if you're getting really big because 
then like think about all of the the huge creators that must still have they have millions of followers right but they maybe get thousands of interactions percentage wise that's not very good no so they're not going to grow but they can't exactly just cull the whole following list right i feel like yeah and, and that's and that's where it's like that's where it's a big bummer because they probably get hit with it like you said on a percentage basis way harder than like you or i so like you can go on and you can see like ninja post something and he maybe gets like thirty-seven and a half thousand likes on like a picture of like him chilling in a car or something i don't know like and you're like well that's that's not the engagement but like ninja at one point i don't know what he's got on let's let's have a look look. sorry i'm picking on ninja let's go have a look and see what he's got tyler what do you have 13.6 million followers and then if I go and have a look at this picture, he's got like a selfie and it's got 63,000 likes on it. So like, I don't want to run the math, but out of 13.6 million people. I'm running the math. Hang on. <laughs> only only 63,000 people thought it was worthy of a double tap, whether they saw it or not. Like, I really hope I've done the math right. But if I have, that is 0.004. So like 0.4% engagement yeah like i I mean i could believe that which is way lower because people want to shift between like five and ten for being like pretty good percentage rates on on engagement right so like so that's pretty low but no one bats an eyelid because it's still sixty three and a half thousand people do you know what i mean because of the the extent that it's at whereas like i maybe get like if i have like a good post that goes up and it can get like maybe around 100 likes and like right now i'm sitting on like thirteen thousand, sorry 1300 followers that's like what seven or eight percent or something so currently my engagement rate and a percentage is better than ninja obviously in terms of oh, actual hell numbers. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of actual numbers it's not even remotely fucking in you the same universe be like hey <laughs> you need to up your game <laughs> i did yeah, the yeah. math <clears throat> you're embarrassing me <laughs> statistically if we're going to look at percentages ninja. <laughs> <laughs> but no like but that's but that's but that's where the fucked up thing comes in out, right because then percentage wise like ninja's kind of getting done dirty if there's that many people that are interested in following them, but then there's no like, I don't know. It's a tough one to do. Like I'm always in the, I'm always in the the agreement that like, like if I'm interested in your content, then I'll follow you. But like, but not everyone thinks that way. No, that's that's very true. That's very and true. And a lot of people, and I used to think like this, and I still do to some extent. Like, I want. It's like that made me sound like a total asshole. I'm so excited like, to hear this. I want it to warrant engagement from me. Like I don't want to just like, oh, I'll just like everything this person puts up because like, oh, like if it's a really terrible photo on Instagram, I'm not gonna go- <laughs> I just don't see the point. I'm just like, eh, it's a bit shit in it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think you like my last recent one speaks volumes. Yeah, but oh <laughs> no, but I no, but I agree with that. There are exceptions well. to the rule, like friends don't count. But no, but that's that's a no, but that's a dangerous thing as well, right? Because then, like, if you just have like a whole bunch of friends that like follow your account but aren't arsed about interacting with the stuff that you're putting out, that's actually damaging your engagement. Like, yeah, if it, I guess it, so. Like, if if they if like you put something out that's like, and that's the thing. Like, I had so many musician buddies, and then like I kind of pivoted into doing cosplay content, and like none of them cared. Because it wasn't what they were into. And it was like, this whole like, oh yeah, but I'm going to follow you to then. There's not really any support per se. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember when I first started off. 
off on Twitch and like as one of like the affiliate things. And I remember making a point that's because then like 50 of them could follow me, but then if no one's interested to become a film. Um, like Twitch specifically, like you, you I, I mean, if it was just people who don't care, <laughs> because then what's the point? 100%. Well, I mean, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like that on like all platforms though. Like, cause, cause right now, like if I had like, if I had triple my like Twitter following, but the same amount of engagement, I'd kind of feel like, well, what's the point? Like, I almost feel like I'd be embarrassed to like have that many people there. I mean, Twitter, Twitter's a different beast though, because Twitter's very like, Twitter's way more like in the moment than than any of the other socials, I guess. But like, if I had like 20,000 people on Instagram, but like my posts were all getting like 20 likes, I'd just be like, where are the other like 19,980 people? that apparently follow me for my content that are not turning up or are not seeing this in their feeds like am i doing something wrong are they doing like and i think that's the issue though is that we are balancing our worth based on engagement from platforms that aren't always in our favor or like people like it if we forget that there's actually people behind these accounts and a lot of the time people might not even be on twitter to see it or instagram to see it and they might just miss it and i reckon that's a huge percentage of of people who follow you don't see your content for whatever reason whether it be the algorithm whether it be because they're actually just not active on the platform right now and i can't drive home hard enough that like although it might feel like shit it doesn't mean that you're worth any less if you're getting less engagement it's just it's just how it is yeah it shouldn't be but huge agree and that was kind of like that was even our idea behind how we were going to tackle the podcast because we thought about doing like like a lot more live stuff but even just from like a from a content point of view and putting stuff out and it's like well i know that i tend to listen to podcasts when i'm like driving to work or i'm in the bus or maybe i'm on like a like well if i'm on like a long drive to see my folks and i'm like i'm in here for two hours so i'm gonna throw on like you know i've not listened to this podcast in a while so i'm gonna get like i'm gonna get four episodes out of this and this drive or something and that excites me and i can listen yeah. to it at that point but like if someone was like oh we're doing a live podcast and it's at like 4 p.m on this day i'm way less likely to be able to like guarantee that i'd be able to check that out whereas if it's just readily available i can pick it up during the week yeah whereas- totally if i see a podcast i want to listen to i'll save it for whenever i am free to listen to it i i never tune into live things unless I'm expecting it to be there all the time. And this kind of leads into scheduling and stuff that we've already covered. But yeah, I think, and for for me, doing a podcast that's not live feels more personally fulfilling as creating content that I know is, is going to be one, probably a little bit higher production value <laughs> than, <laughs> than if it was live, because I, I don't know how you do it, but I get so distracted by people and I forget what I'm saying and the cat's trying to come in and it's all chaotic. It's my entire brand. (laughs) (laughs) But then if I've got something that I'm like, yeah, I made this, that's it. Like it's there forever. I don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about downloading it within a certain amount of time and editing out all of the bits that don't make sense. Like you're making it in the moment about what it is. And then that's it. 
And it's this whole thing that's just done. I don't know if I'm describing that in a good way, but oh, you absolutely are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of how I see it. No, and I think I think that's I think that's a good point to to kind of like. <clears throat> I think that's a really good point to kind of consider when it comes to content, because and myself included, like I'm I'm such a hypocrite for saying this, but like. Is is sometimes not only that people aren't interested in what you're doing or people aren't able to support. And like I got this from playing in bands. Like when you are playing a show and you have like a very small window of half an hour when you're playing something on like a Friday night in a particular venue, like people have lives. Like people people can't always make sure that they can come down for that. And people can't always like tell you four weeks in advance that they're definitely going to be there because sometimes shit just comes up. And I think that really applies to content as well, where like you might post something on TikTok and like, like, like I've posted stuff on TikTok and it's taken four hours and I look at it and I'm like, it's got single digit engagement, like four or five people have liked it. There's maybe one comment or whatever. I've maybe thrown like a, a pinned comment on it just to try and do anything to feed it to the algorithm. And then I set my phone down and go do something. And then two hours later it's blown up and I'm like, like people aren't always going to be available from like the second that you put something out like the the mod tiktok that we put up when we all met up and i kind of documented the day i uploaded it that night when i got home and then when i woke up in the morning i was kind of like i was hoping that i was going to wake up and it had blown up because that was kind of like the point i thought it was really wholesome i thought it was like really feel good stuff that that I was happy to have documented, but I also thought it's something that people probably need to see, like as things are starting to open back up again and they've maybe spent a lot of their time doing this sort of stuff. And I thought, you know what, man, we're going to share this and this is going to be, this is going to be really good fun. And I was like, if it does nothing, whatever. I had a lot of fun doing this and I've documented it for me and for us. Right. But that part, like a little part of me was like, I really hope this blows up. Like I really just want it to do the rounds and I really hope people eat it up. And I really, I really, really, really hope it goes down well. And I woke up and I had like 40 likes and I was like, all right okay i was like do you know what that's okay like it's not it's not great but like it's okay it is what it is and then like three days later it hit the algorithm so hard and it's on like i don't even know how many views it's on now it must be on like eight or nine k or something and like it just it just took time for like it to make its way to people and for people to realize it was stuff that they wanted to see and but that's the difference between something like Twitter and TikTok. They're very different in terms of algorithm because Twitter is constantly like, hey, did you see this thing someone posted seven seconds ago? Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> Whereas TikTok is like, oh, you can refresh. That's a thing. I never <sighs> refresh on TikTok ever. I just scroll and scroll and scroll. And then half the time it's something that was days ago that I like or weeks yeah. ago or whatever. Like it's it's totally different. Um and and it's so hard to get discouraged by something you think is really quality uh, and it doesn't go down as you expected. Giving it time, which is super hard for people with anxiety because it's like, I should just delete it. It was really bad. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think you have to consider the platform that it's on before you make snap judgments about whether it's your content that's the issue. For sure. There's, there's, and we, we kind of spoke about this before <clears throat> when it came to like other types of content and scheduling and stuff, but there's, there's, there's really something to be said for consistency. Like the more you like, whether you're even just like consistently showing up so that people are more used to seeing you or whether you're creating something that does fit in a little niche or you're, you're remedying a problem 
that exists within like the community that you're in or something like your first couple of attempts may not go down that well you're not instantly going to create the the one size fits all approach to a problem that's that's identified there but the more that you turn up and the more that you provide small like bite-sized pieces of information or things that help people like the more people are going to come around and and you know hopefully care about what you're saying which is going to help your engagement rise but so many people just get so discouraged from the start um like i even saw a thing when i was like first interested in podcasting and they're like statistically people never make it to their seventh episode and i was like all right sick (laughs) that's the benchmark so if you're listening to this target that we're setting then what are we on (laughs) episode three this is is four this is four Four? so so if you're listening to this in the future Please feel free to scroll up. If we didn't hit seven, feel free to laugh at us. We're, we're part of a statistic. Yeah, at us on Twitter, seven, call us failures. You know, we'd love to hear it. <laughs> see, this is the content that keeps coming back. Is in, in a year's time from now, someone's going to tag us and be like, yo, congratulations for making it past seven episodes. And we're like, oh, remember that? Oh my God, we should have a party at seven episodes to be Self- like, we made honestly, it past the statistic. <laughs> I think we should do that. I think we should absolutely do that. You know, like a lot of people will get discouraged early for for thinking that they like haven't gotten it right on their first try which is such a horrible thing about social media because social media is full of wins it's full of people doing well buying houses and buying cars and getting in shape and you know celebrating their wins which i'm all for don't get me wrong when you succeed in something you should absolutely share it however there does need to be a conversation around the fact that sometimes people are not winning and when that's all that they can see it does sometimes feel like, well, if I don't get it right first try, then what's the point? Which yep. couldn't be further from the formula whatsoever. Which is why it's equally important to share, especially when we're talking mental health and stigma that you're having a bad day and it's not all like fucking rainbows and sunshine and everyone like, because that's one thing that I struggled with. My mind just jumps from point to point. So it's, <laughs> there's uh, this pathway is making sense in my head, but it might not make sense in others. But When I was um, a lot younger and I was using Instagram, I would constantly see people in full recovery and be like, well, that's great, but I'm not. (laughs) So should I be here? Uh, And it's it's a very similar sort of, um, a similar thing on other platforms as well, because you see Twitter is full of people celebrating all the time, which is great. And I do think that people should celebrate. But it's okay not to be celebrating all the time too. And it's okay to kind of, talk about what didn't go well as well sure um and mental health wise if you're having a really terrible day i'm not saying you have to share about it all the time but being more honest about it is probably going to make a lot of people relate more to you and and understand that actually there's another side to what's going on rather than everything that you're posting being a front absolutely and i think like we spoke about this in episode one where like I brought up that example of like when I was having a bad time and like I was feeling bad about content, but like that weird voice in my head was like, you should tweet about this. <laughs> and it was like, it just became some kind of like weird meta tweet about how I was sad because I didn't know where I was with content, but my brain was like, Hey, you can't be a mental health advocate. If you don't normalize the conversation, go tell Twitter how sad you are. Like that was just, that was just the thought process that went on in my head but but outside of that like yes like like people are not winning 24/7 like actually people are winning probably a very 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 small percentage of the time but 
like they want to celebrate it, which I'm here for, but I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing those losses and like sharing those down moments because it normalizes it for yourself. I think it helps you be honest with yourself, especially when it comes to like, if your social media image is something that you struggle with, because maybe you feel like there's imposter syndrome there because you're maybe only celebrating wins where you don't feel like that all the time. Then like posting that stuff out there, as long as it's not detrimental, like for your own mental health, that's what I would say. Don't, don't be posting stuff if it's going to make you worse. But I think there's something to be said for, for sharing that, reminding people that you're human and then also reminding everyone else that it's not always like that, you know? Yeah. Even just reminding yourself, not even by posting that, social media is not the full story can be can be really helpful i think and it's so easy to do but yeah like i said this on about facebook once before where or i don't know if i've said it on the podcast i've definitely mentioned this on stream though but like in my early 20s like i used to get really like when i got really overwhelmed and anxious the kind of like the kind of like my body's on fire and like I feel like my top's gonna, you know, pop like a kettle. Like mm-hmm. I need to go and like rant or something. And I would turn to Facebook and I would like put up a message about something like maybe someone like, you know, nearly hit me with a car at some junction or whatever, and it really got under my skin, so I had to vent about it or whatever, you know, mundane thing it was that pushed me over the edge. And then I'd put the status out there and I'd kind of feel better and it'd be off my chest a little bit. And then I would I would go do something else and then my phone would buzz. And, you know, because someone would be like, right, don't you just hate it? when?" We-? And then, then I'd be back in that space again. And I'm like, God, yeah, see when these people do this thing. and Yeah, just when and- you think you've gotten over it or you've moved past it. And then it's like, oh, here's a reminder <laughs> that you put this out to the world and people are still <laughs> engaging with it. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. And it just it unearths everything that you'd like put to rest on it. So, like, I, I done it so much that I got to the point where I realized it. Like, I think that's how bad it got for me. And I was like. I need to stop doing this because whenever I do it, it might be mildly therapeutic, but seeing three hours, I'm not going to feel any better. I'm going to be moaning about it. Or then God forbid someone disagrees with you, which they're perfectly well within the right to. But like, if that's where your head space is, you don't want people to disagree with your rant. No, you exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. This is a huge thing for me. It's because I've got something I want to say. But I only, and it's so daft and so like backwards, but I don't want to hear certain responses to it. Like, for example, I fucked up my hair recently. Oh, really? Um, yeah, well, don't pretend <laughs> that you don't know, okay? <laughs> Got the updates in real time, just in. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I tried to bleach it. And I, you know what? It went ginger, which is fine. It was expected to have dark hair. Um, but I didn't do it very well. And I was like, you know what? I just want to see what I look- my hair looks like blue. But um, it didn't go to plan and it just looked a bit shit and the color didn't take. And I was like, right, I'm going to have to dye it back brown again or something dark to cover all of the the terrible choices that I've made previously. And then it came out this weird blue, green, brown color, <laughs> which is fine. But I put a picture of, cause I was like, I find it really funny. Like I just want people to laugh at with me. And I put a, a tweet about it being like, Hey, haha, look at this. This is funny. Just laugh with me. And then people were like, no, it looks good. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Just like, <laughs> like be honest. 
I don't, if you're going to think, if you're going to tell me it looks good, I don't want you commenting. <laughs> like I'm in a certain mood where I just want to laugh at myself and I don't oh. need people trying to cheer me up. I just want you to laugh with me, you know? Oh, it's so accurate. Cause, cause again, like people, like pe oh, people just want to be nice. Like people just care, right? It's not, it's not. Oh, it doesn't come from a bad place at all. No, absolutely all. not. And I think, and I think that's like a really tough thing to like, to judge. Like the other night I was talking about my car on stream. And like I was just so exhausted about thinking about it, and like it's it's all I can worry about right now. And I was really on edge because I'm just like this is just more stress and everything. And everyone in chat was being lovely, and everyone's like, "Yo, have you tried this? Have you thought about this? What about this thing?" And everyone's just being nice. But like in that space, I was like, I really just want to talk about anything else that's not my car. But like, but like I'm I'm scared of like coming across and being like, "All right, can we move on?" Because that's you know that sounds that sounds well standoffish, right? But when you're in that space you're so tired and you just wanted a little bit of a vent and then like yeah. people feel bad for you and people just want to help out and everything and again it comes from a nice place i mean not always i guess but like from from this particular example everyone in chat was being really really nice everyone was being really really supportive and like now that i'm not in that like fuck my life headspace like i love that people cared enough to do that but like at the time i was just all i could think about was like i just don't want to talk about my car anymore like i'm so i'm so yeah. over this situation and i know you're all trying to help but like i just can't and that's exactly it like you just yeah. you don't want to re-dig up all those thoughts it's, again yeah totally understand that especially like if you're having a down day or whatever and you want to explain why you feel like shit but you don't want to talk about it you can be like oh i'm having a bad day they're like oh is there anything we can do to help i'm like yeah leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> like in the nicest sense just treat me like a normal person today like i don't want you treading on eggshells around me i just want you be normal to be normal um and just know that i'm having a bad day but there's nothing you can do about it and i don't want to go into it and i think that's that maybe that's the answer is just being brutally honest about what you're looking for from something and if you're having because we've got that in our mental health channel if you're i'm having a vent i don't want advice i don't want that i just want to get it out um and i think that's valid it's just really you can't predict what people are going to respond to and and they don't and it's not their fault that they don't know what you don't want them to respond with yep. <laughs> you know 100 <laughs> percent. but and i don't know like i i hope that as the conversations grow and as like over the years more and more um mental health discussion is normalized like I, I like I hope and I feel like we're gonna get to a point where people feel comfortable enough to do that, because I know that there's people in my life who, um, who have maybe had like listless mental health flare ups, shall we say? Because I think that's a I, personally I think that's a good way to like describe it. Yeah, I've maybe had like a moment or something where I've maybe not 100 percent been me, and I've maybe been like a little bit short, or maybe I've been a little bit like I've maybe been irritated or something, and I've maybe just not been like. I've not been a pleasure to be around, shall we say, or whatever. And like, I've struggled to maybe communicate how I'm feeling. But like, if I had maybe been honest in that situation, like, they maybe wouldn't have been in a position to like, feel comfortable enough to just act normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've definitely had like, conversations with people before where like, <clears throat> my social anxiety got like really bad, like five, six years ago. And I felt really weird being at like parties and like going out drinking and stuff. And, 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 uh, and even to this day, like, I don't really know why, but it just, it was just something that made me very uncomfortable and I never really got to the root of it. And like, 
I used to cancel a lot of plans and I really hated that because I was really looking forward to them and like as much as I'm like oh yeah yeah maybe we can do that haha like I don't always agree to plans in the moment unless like I'm genuinely interested in doing that with whoever you know the plans are with but like I used to just cancel so much back then and like eventually I got to the point that with some people I was quite honest about it and I was just like listen I'm just like going through some stuff in my head's this that and the other and blah 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 and some people just didn't take it very well and whether it was like they didn't know how to handle it or it was something that they didn't understand or it was something they didn't care about because they were just like pissed that someone wasn't going out now or, or whatever the reason was like I don't have any ill feelings towards any of those people by any means but at the time I just felt like people maybe just didn't get it like they didn't understand the gravity of why or yeah. maybe they, they personally didn't know how to react so therefore it made them feel uncomfortable so then you know they were maybe dancing around how to react that it then came across badly like there's so many things in that but ultimately I just feel like then it wasn't really acceptable for me to be like hey this is how I'm feeling and for someone to be like oh I totally get that that's fine do you know what I mean yeah 100% you've like taken me back to when I was at uni when you said like oh I'm cancelling plans a lot I used to do this thing where I would get far too drunk at pre-drinks because I was so anxious about going out that then I wouldn't go out um, because I'd be drunk and I'd feel sad or whatever. Um, but then people would always try and convince me to come out and be like, yeah, you'll have fun. You'll have a great time, you know, like, oh, I'll be fine once we're there. And I'm like, look, I can't tell you that I'm feeling really anxious and all I want to do is go to bed right now because that's weird to say, or I didn't feel comfortable saying that. Um, and obviously it's not weird to say, it's just, it wasn't appropriate at that time like people wouldn't have taken it well yeah in that in that space um and so i would just lie and be like yeah i don't feel very well you know i'm super tired oh i've got like i've got to get up early in the morning and and that's so sad that <laughs> like i felt like i just couldn't say you know what i'm really anxious i don't want to go out because every time i go out i have a panic attack but i would just feel like oh no like i'm just gonna i just don't feel where i am i'm fine i'm just gonna go to bed <laughs> And then I wouldn't have to have the constant song and dance about, oh, you're coming out, you're not coming out, are you coming out, are you not coming out, yep. you know? Ooh. And I feel like the the added stress onto that particular situation is like you almost feel bad that you're letting people down. Yes, Because people, exactly. are, people are genuinely so buzzing that you're there or they're so excited for you to like go out with them that if you're then just so unbelievably overwhelmed that you don't want to be in that situation, like they don't want to like they don't want you to miss out but they also like were so looking forward to you being there that they don't want to miss out on you do you know what i mean so like so then they're trying really hard and that sometimes just adds to like the guilt that you feel yes it's, exactly it's, it's almost it's, irrational yeah they're trying to be really encouraging and and convince you that it's like what you're thinking like because when i started being more open about it they were like yeah but this is all irrational like there's you're, you're with safe company like that's all fine and everything and and they were trying to be nice and yeah they want to spend time with you like it's all coming from a really good place but sometimes you're just not in the right mood to take it for sure and i think irrational is a really good way to put it as well because unfortunately it is like it's it's stuff that you want to do it's people that you want to you want to do it with it's places that you want to go and your brain's kind of just like, no, for whatever reason it is, like, we just, we can't do that today. We can't do that right now. We need to go do this other thing instead. And like some, yeah. some people, 
I was going to say, unfor- well, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, but some people will just never experience that. So not only are they maybe like, they might feel helpless that they don't know how to react because they can't relate. But like, some people are also just, I say ignorance, but I don't, I don't mean that in a nasty way, but some people, because they don't experience it, can't picture what it's like. So like, they then maybe don't have the correct, you know, empathy for the situation, or they don't really appreciate what you're, you're going through, which then, you know, makes their reaction or their judgment of it so much, I don't want to say worse, but for the sake of conversation, I'm going to say worse. (laughs) Yeah. Like not helpful, I guess. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, it's always super hard to be around people who have like zero experience in that. But then also I find that hard to believe because mental health is so like a poor mental health is so common at this point that everyone knows someone and it's either that they're completely oblivious and they really just have no clue or they're choosing not to to learn about it because they feel uncomfortable by it and that's a different conversation but i also think that there's there's a lot of generational um sort of like issues and influence with that and i definitely think that older generations um, unfortunately went severely undiagnosed with a lot of that sort of stuff. Yes. And were maybe just told from, you know, their older generations that these were things that they, you know, had to suck up or as much as I hate the phrase, you know, you had to be a man about it or, you know, whatever, whatever expectation there was for you to not address what was going on in your head. Like it doesn't need to be an excuse. It doesn't need to be a bad thing, but it needs to be addressed because the only person that's met, well, I mean, a lot of people are going to be affected and a lot of people are going to miss out, but ultimately you're the only person that suffers really because you're going to stop yourself from going to things. You're going to stop yourself from, from seeing people that you want to see and you're going to, you know, end up like locked up in your room or, you know, if there's a lot of, of these undiagnosed feelings that people don't know what to do with, then it can manifest in other ways. And, you know, there's 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 so many other directions that you can take it, whether it's like, you know, things like substance abuse or, you know, it could be there's there's so many other ways that it can manifest that, you know, generations of people have been failed on because mental health just wasn't real, right? Like people yeah. just didn't care for it. Yeah. I mean it's it's pretty well known that if you catch something early, it's you're much more likely to be able to fully recover from it quickly quickly that's not a word quickerly quickerly (laughs) quickly is what i was going for um and like prevention is a thing you don't have to wait until you're suffering to be able to deal with it like that's that's kind of why we're talking about it all because then if you've never experienced something like this and then you've listened to people talking about mental health or you've had conversations with people who who experience mental health issues and then you recognize some of that in yourself that's not necessarily a positive but it's it's a step forward in realizing that maybe there's something wrong that you need to address absolutely and and i think i think there's not enough for that because i feel like in an incredibly backwards way like mental health discussion or you know ill mental health can unfortunately sometimes be like can be guarded by some like 
gatekeepers right yeah yeah and like people feel like because you haven't struggled as much as the next person or because like you feel you know you've never had any experience with anxiety before and then like suddenly at 37 you have a panic attack that doesn't make that any less of a of a of a of a big deal for you to 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 talk about and to have help with like and i i don't think i could ever say that enough like the amount of times that i've like even just been like talking with friends and you know or even if i've seen some stuff on social media like I'll, i'll always remember this like heartbreaking case and i think we've spoken about it before i'm not sure if it's been on the podcast and i'm i'm not going to go into too much detail out of respect but it was essentially just about a a relatively young man who um had taken his own life and it basically that was a result of maybe six to eight weeks of severe anxiety and depression having never suffered from it in his life up until that point like no one on this planet can tell me that that isn't as important you know no i can't imagine how overwhelming it must feel to never have experienced something like that to suddenly have a huge um a hugely intense period where you're feeling everything at once and i'm imagining a lot of people during lockdown have the same thing yeah um and that's devastating because it should just it should be just as important to talk about it even if you're not going through it like there's so many people out there who i just what i'm trying to say is all i want is for people to treat mental health the same way that we do with physical health and that there's so much that goes on with physical health to prevent things from happening and to look out for things before they arise rather than constantly only only dealing with the consequences which is usually how mental health seems to be tackled right now yep absolutely like solid sentence like literally don't think i could add anything else onto that (laughs) to make it stand stronger than it already does like there's there's just severe lack of education on it there's a severe lack of you know making people uncomfortable uncomfortable about the conversation to the point that they can become comfortable with it like there's there's so much that people just don't talk about yeah and like i think some of it like naturally at least from my experience i naturally gravitate towards other people who feel comfortable talking about mental health because i know that it's a safe space to talk about it and i guess that might also feed into why so many people who don't talk about mental health never get involved in these conversations to begin with because it's it doesn't it's not something that comes naturally to their group or their circle unless they make it known that they're happy to talk about it i guess um because yep. i know there's a lot of fear but again talking from my own experience about people who i don't know what their stance is so i don't tell them about what i'm going through because i don't want to be outcast yeah and that could be the same for a lot of different things mental health aside like anything to do with your identity i can't imagine how terrifying that must be to to want to talk about it with people but not know how they're going to react i don't have anything more to add to that (laughs) it was strong (laughs) it was (laughs) I, I, I didn't have anything to add to that either. <laughs> oh, 
So that was our fourth episode of Content Cafe. Thanks for tuning in. It's it's so hugely appreciated by both of us, um, especially in the early days of the podcast. Um, and we can't wait to see you for the seventh episode because we're going to beat the statistics <laughs> and we're going to have a party on the eighth and it's going to be great. <laughs> Absolutely we are. Uh, and as always, remember that you can come find us on Twitter and Instagram under at Content Cafe Pod. Uh, you can also come join the conversation in our wider community Discord as well. All of our links are in our link tree. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.